Right, so today on the show, I got Brian Krause, who is a famous TV and film actor. Brian, thank you for coming on today. Yeah, I put myself on, I'm on Wi-Fi and everything. Okay, I can hear you better now. Okay, there I am. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on. <coughs> um, so today, man, I just want to talk about your career in the <coughs> and, you know, from your upbringing to where you are now and kind of like... Can you tell the audience how you even got into acting in the first place? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know if there's a short answer on this. Um, I mean, into professional acting, I guess I, I didn't start until after uh, I did a year of community college. Um, I wanted to play soccer and, you know, realized I wasn't good enough. So I committed myself to uh, trying to, be an actor uh but it started way back um you know in middle school and high school and being in and out of drama and uh but i was playing sports so my mother had suggested that i she, she's like you're good you should try one of these classes and so i went to a little commercial workshop and they you know convinced us to get headshots and find an agent and start auditioning and that led to finding another workshop uh, called the Actors Workshop, uh, which was a film uh, acting technique. Uh, and I was wound up staying there with uh, the late R.J. Adams uh, for a little over five years. Uh, so he, he had taught uh, a lot about um, just the film technique, but it's something else he taught me as I was going along was, was confidence. Uh, believing in myself uh, that if you want to be this actor that, you know, it's all about confidence and believing in yourself and having a belief and going forward and anything is possible. And he really set me up with a kind of a mantra that I would use uh, every day about just believing in myself. And uh, I'm a train headed down hill with no brakes and here I go and it's all me. And yes, 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 yes. And this, I just said to myself daily over and over and over and over and over. Uh, so when I did commit to uh, trying to act, I mean, I dropped everything, got a job with, that I could work nights and mm -hmm. spent my days uh, traveling from Orange County to Los Angeles, just banging down doors, uh, thinking this same mantra of, yes, I can, I am, I can, I do, I will, I am, I can, I will, I do, I can, I am, I will, I do. And, you know, I am the greatest, I am the best, I am the greatest, I am the best, I can, I do. And, and so when I walk into these rooms, totally inexperienced, <laughs> be, you know, they're, they're like, who's the cocky guy? <laughs> you know? uh, and it, it took off in that first year, it, it um, that, you know, blind confidence uh, with no experience uh, succeeded uh, quickly. Uh, yeah. So within within two years, I had landed a uh, studio film, uh, The Return of the Blue Lagoon, and that kind of put me on the map uh, worldwide and within the industry. And it just kind of, you know, I've I've been able to turn it into a career here 30 years later. How important was that mantra that you said to yourself on a daily basis? Because it sounds like when you were you kind of knew you got you were in the drama younger you kind of knew you kind of had like this internal calling that you wanted to be in the film business and TV business. How important was that mantra to play a role in that? 
I, that mantra was so important that I still build one today and say it today. And, and when I read through books and I see Tony Robbins and I, I see the guys on Shark Tank and I hear them talk about confidence and success, they do the same thing. Uh, building that mantra and here we were doing it way back in you know the middle of the 80s mm -hmm. um, so it's something that you know as I've gone through a career of ups and downs the one thing I realize I miss sometimes is that self-talk that talking to myself that telling myself I'm great because we get a whole world that tells us oh you can't and you're awful and then through experience we see things and so the story that I tell myself basically creates my own situation sometimes. So turning around my own story through this mantra is it's proven to uh, help me accomplish goals, you know, away from acting inside of acting just yeah. throughout my whole life and stay positive and confident. And, Cause why not? Yeah. You only live once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's powerful right there too hear something like that coming from someone who's been in the acting business and i mean let's just talk about having that mantra and um i'm sure as you came up to the ring <coughs> people who were telling you that you can't do that and that's that's impossible and why do you want to be an actor why don't you get something a job that's more stable i mean what kind of critics did you face coming up as you were you know younger and wanting to pursue this well when i was younger you know everybody told me it was yeah it's impossible um you know, it's one of the hardest things to succeed at, you know, that rock star, you know, what else? And, you know, I had all those people that said, you'll, you'll never do it. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, I love proving people wrong. Uh, you know, that I love that, you know, it's one of those things I've always believed that if, if people say you can't do it, it's impossible. It, it just means they can't, it means they're scared to. And, you know, and that's good. That that's a little less competition for me when we get in the door. Uh, you know, and then I got you. Got to figure the most confident. That's the thing with Hollywood is the most confident person wins. It's not talent. Yes, talent will win out ultimately, mm -hmm. but there's there's a lot of talented people that have left Hollywood because they didn't believe in themselves and thousands upon thousands of people have never succeeded because they didn't believe in their talent. They didn't believe in themselves. They didn't believe in, uh, they didn't have a vision of how it was going to succeed. And that was one thing I always had is how, how this is going to work out. I mean, planned out down to what job I would get, what it would be like, how it would grow from there, what I would be doing. I mean, I, I got, I would get really specific about the path of success and what job it would be. And, and nine out of 10 times, the few times that I've kind of restarted my career, it's, it's worked out to a T. So did you uh, that like master planning, like exactly knowing what you want and writing it down and visualizing that? Pretty much. Yeah. Ma uh, master planning. I, I didn't write down the jobs per se, uh -huh. uh, but you know, like when I got the return of the blue lagoon and all yeah. that, I mean, that, that was all a plan, you know, get, get a commercial, get your, Get your SAG card. Get a one-liner. Okay, now you're going to guest star on a show. Then you go from there. Um, get on a TV show. From there, I am going to star in a feature film starring Brian Krause. Starring Brian Krause. Like, I knew there was a path to get there, and it happened. So, yeah. 
you know, then a year's few years went by and then, you know, getting on the TV show charmed. Um, it was, I, it was, again, it was that whole, I'll never forget. I was married at the time and, um, I was kind of in a drought and I called Bob up, uh, RJ, my mm-hmm. old acting coach. And I said, Bob, I'm getting so close on these jobs and you know, it's, I'm just not booking it. And you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was really kind of desperate at that point. I was, I had just had a kid. It was like, you know, do I need to go back to college? Do I need to give up to, you know, do I, I need to do something? I need to change my life. Yeah. So, something has to happen <laughs> here. Right. And, uh, he was like, you know, Brian, stop trying, just go in there and be yourself. You are good enough. Go, just go in there and be yourself. Sure wow. enough, two, day, two days later, charmed audition comes up. Boom. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Screw these guys. I'm just going to be me. And I am good enough. And I, you know, it goes back to that old Saturday Night Live skit. You know, I do have friends. I do love me. You know, it's, it was, it was, I just needed that self-talk to tell myself that I am good enough. I can do this and, and really, really, really believe it. Yeah. Um, you know, and at the same time I had said to my wife of what I'm doing and she, I said, you know, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to, and she looks at me and she goes, whatever you're going to do, just do it. And I was pissed at her at the moment because I was, I felt she had this lack of compassion for my emotional state where I was at, that I was here. I was hurting. I didn't know what to do. I was, I had no, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But, but her saying, whatever you're going to do, just do it. That with Bob saying, just be myself. It, it, after, you know, a day of reflection, it was like, yeah, you know what? Just do it. Just whatever I'm going to do, put a hundred percent into it and go freaking get it. Yeah. And, and sure enough, I walked into the audition room two days later and I was on the show that night and it was it, I mean it was life-changing so I would imagine that you were walking to that position just like pretty much like just not caring what anyone else thought about who you were at that point for the, for the most part I mean I had met with Aaron Spelling before uh, many a times on a television show for 90210 Melrose over the years and so yeah. it's a funny story I, I walked in thinking all right I know this guy this is gonna help right and it's if any of you know about Aaron Spelling's audition rooms, it's one of the hardest places to audition ever. He, he has a couch that's like 20, 30 feet long and there's 20 or 30 people sitting on it with him in the middle. And you stand across from him in this 5,000 square foot office alone on a carpet facing these people. It was terrifying. And so I, I'd walk in and I was like, all right, I'm just eye contact with Aaron, just, you know, straight to the man right uh, hello mr spelling how are you it's good to see you again you know i figured i'd throw in the good to see you again right that's good business and he looks up at me and he goes oh brian it's nice to meet you oh and in that moment i was like nice to meet me nice to meet me <laughs> like you've met me you know a dozen times like how do you not remember me so in that second i had that i could have been crushed i could have been 
horrified that this guy doesn't like, how does he not remember me? And, you know, made to feel smaller than I was just like I was a couple of days previous. And, and in that moment I decided, you know what? No, screw this. And, and I got this real F you attitude. Like, mm -hmm. you know what? I believe in me. I know where I'm going. I don't need to be recognized by you. Are you ready? They say, I said, yeah, let's do this. And I just, I just, I just didn't care about anything. And I read it kind of just like flippantly and, you know, good and yeah. did it and laid it down. And, and I didn't wait for them to say anything. I just waved my hand. I said, all right, thank you very much. Thanks for having me in. And I walked out like, screw like screw you. And, <laughs> and they love it. Right. They loved it. I, I it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how important it, it for this industry and in general but we'll talk specifically <laughs> to you as being comfortable in your own skin. Did you hear me? Brian. Say again. Uh, how important yeah. it, it for to be comfortable in your own skin in this industry? Oh, we, you know, that's an in interesting question. I mean, because so many... I mean, actors, artists aren't, um, you know, I think that's a, a lifetime of, you know, being an artist, but um, I mean, it's, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. I mean, to place characters, you, you have to know yourself. And, uh, and I feel like acting itself has kind of been a lifelong journey of self-discovery, mm -hmm. um, you know, from, my own self, how I react to other people, how I react to situations, uh, where I get emotional, where I don't, uh, where I lack emotion, uh, where I don't. Um, so knowing myself, knowing what works for me, uh, you know, what is, does, does drinking help? No. Does, you know, smoke some pot help? No. So no, knowing what helps me run at a hundred percent, is is kind of what i've been in search of and so you know finding that path okay this works eat well go to the gym have friends you know create this life of positive energy that can allow me to run at 100 percent allows me to be comfortable in my skin so now today if something happens with a friend or i'm rejected it's okay because i i have surrounded myself with you know, my son, my friends, my life. I don't need to be validated by a job, by a pocket full of money, by anything else. I'm, I'm comfortable being in just being. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I tell you, it's taken a long time to get here, but uh, it's, it's, it's working. And I think that's, that's all through self-talk and, and, you know, the journey of discovery and, you know, in reading and being aware of myself and other yeah. people and, and, and being willing to fail. How long did it take you to learn that one? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I say I'm willing, but I, you know, it's, <laughs> I think that's a constant test. Well, as an actor, I mean, you're pretty much going, if you're on movies, you're going from job to unemployed to job to unemployed. 
shoot. Hold on. Yeah. You there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. I lost you for a second. Okay. Pretty much going from job to job. Yeah. So like you're, you know, you're, you have a job, then you don't have a job. You have a job. If you don't have an, you know, you're going from one thing to another as an actor. So there's a lot of uncertainty. There can be a lot of uncertainty for an actor, I would imagine. Right. hundred percent be able to make I mean, not, not many people uh, yeah, I mean you know financial investments am I comfortable like you know what if I don't work for the next two years as an actor I can't just live out of my bank what am I going to do? So yeah. um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, you know, for instance, I just made, I just made some money this month, right? I got a job, I did travel, I come back and I look at it, you know, the amount of money I made and where I'm at with my savings. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm good for, if I don't overspend with food, <laughs> like, you know, I'm good for the next three, four, five, six months. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's most of than what most of America can say that they're good for six months, right? I mean, that's that's a really good spot, confident, positive, happy spot to be. Um, but you know, when you have a pocket full of money, you want to spend it. <laughs> so, and I've I've never been good at you know putting it away for a rainy day. So, uh, you know, I'm learning this new discipline as well. And. Saving. It's not saving, putting it aside. No, all right, this is what I have for this month. This is what I have for that month. And it's, you know, I, it's like, it's tough. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I'm supposed to be on a TV show that was filming now. We got shut down. Uh, they're possibly going to pick up. Uh, it's, it's really disappointing. It's one of these roles that, you know, me later in my career, uh, I need to be doing. I really love this role. We were rehearsing for two months. Um, I play this, you know, lead FBI agent what's, on this big what's the, case. What's the name of the show? So we know uh, the the show is called First List, uh, and it's it's uh, basically the list part of First List is a list the FBI receives. That's uh, a cryptic list. Basically, it's a hit list, and we're trying to solve this. Uh, this list, it's kind of a, a mis we have, we need a cryptographer to figure out how it's written. Um, we spend our time trying to chase down this guy who's a cryptographer, uh, as before the bad guys get him kind of show. So yeah. for me as an actor, it's, it's a great role. And, um, you know, we've been rehearsing for two months and all of a sudden these guys have kind of run out of money. They're, they're screwing us around. They're pushing us, they're pushing us. And so it's, it's gotten to a point now, like it may not happen. And, you know, it really is, it's, a, it's, it's like a gut punch, right? All that rehearsal, all this stuff, you build up, you, you create this vision in your head of what it's going to be, what's going to happen when it comes out. This is going to be great. People are going to see me on Netflix. This is going to lead to another show. This is, you know, I built up this whole fantasy of, of, you know, or goals or hopes right. or whatever, uh, of where the end result might 
land and now and now here i am with it it's it's who knows if it'll even happen and it's you know trying to maintain my confidence uh my happiness uh and seeing whether or not this thing gets resolved and and like i just said be being happy either way is uh is the big challenge and you know it's kind of funny because i'm in this limbo of well am i free to go find another job and if I am, then, okay, let me deal with the, the anger, I guess, the uh, disappointment of, you know, something that failed that, that could have been because mm-hmm. it was, I was so close to that goal and it happening, uh, you know, and so I guess this is where you fall in yourself and go, okay, well, it was meant to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very good with the whole it was meant to be. Yeah, uh, you know, I I think I think things happen as a direct result of action, uh, mm-hmm. generally being my own. And if if it's outside of my hands, it's it's uh, you know, I guess that's when we throw the label of it was meant to be. Um, so, so in that instance, for the show first list, do they put you on hold as an actor and purchase you, so you can't go do anything else? Mm. Interesting you say that. Yes, they did for a couple of weeks and they actually didn't want to pay us. And I, I actually said to them, I said, you know, we're on hold guys. And every day you, you've told me to come to set and haven't paid me. You owe, you got to pay me. Yeah. And uh, I told them, I said, you don't have a contract for me going through February into March into eight. Like you can't just shoot me whenever, like, the contract original dates are over. Basically we don't have a contract anymore. And so I said, listen, you know, you have me, you have this other actor, you have all these actors, you guys, you know, you're, you're, you're running into getting into big trouble and owing a lot of money. uh, And we don't want the union and people to get involved. Like you need to settle this. And uh, so through my conversations, they were like, okay, you're right. We need to shut down and reorganize. So I kind of put a stop to it myself, but it was to protect the other actors and, and all of us and, and their production company for sure for not getting further in debt to what they already owe. So it's pretty important then I would take it to know yourself as an actor, but to know also your worth and what you're worth and not just fucking going out and giving your service away for free for a potential show. Well, that's gigantic. I mean, in these days as an actor, there's plenty of actors that are willing to do these jobs, uh, you know, for a hundred dollars a day, for $150 a day for, for nothing. And, and now when you think about it as an actor for a hundred dollars a day, 150, these are the same people that march for a, a higher minimum wage for people. Now I'll tell you, working on a set, there's no day less than 12 hours, right? You're there, you know, 12 hours, 14, 16 hours, and you're going to pay me $150. Now that's, excuse me, that's less than minimum wage. So we we allow the film industry to use actors for less than minimum wage. And then those actors are used their picture, their thing, their talent to go sell these projects for tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So if, if there ever was a place where the, uh, you know, the worker gets screwed. Uh, it would be the actor on a, a small project at $150 a day. 
So knowing your worth and being able to stand up for yourself, I, I don't think it's just for the actor. I think that's anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I was just after a project and this guy said, hey, listen, you know, everybody's doing it deferred. Uh, we'd love for you to, you know, will you do it deferred? And I said, yeah. you know, generally it depends on who it is, but I don't know this guy. It's yeah. not my friend. If it was my friend's project, of course, bro, I'll come in, I'll do a day for you, no problem. But I don't know these people. And they want me to come in deferred. And I looked at their cast and it's really good. And I said, you know, I just, I'm sorry. I don't, I, you know, I got to get paid. I got to get, I, I show up, I go to work, I do my thing. I get paid. Yeah. Bottom line. No, nobody's working in McDonald's for free. Pay me next week. You know? <laughs> so why would I show up on set and do what I do and say, okay, well, when you sell the film, pay me in six months or a year. Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense. And only in our industry can you get away with that. Um, you know, unless you're co-creating a company with somebody, uh, you generally don't put off getting paid. I mean, obviously if you're an entrepreneur, you're not getting paid until, you know, the company starts showing a profit, but uh, it's a little different when you, hire someone to render services and say you'll pay them in a year so so i put my foot down i said no i gotta get something and you know they came back and made me an offer for the day rate and all of a sudden they magically had money it was oh, so wow. weird yeah so you value yourself <laughs> you stood up for your worth and now you're getting <clears throat> now i'm getting paid okay so there's a valuable lesson in there for everybody right there it it's interesting you know the more you walk away the more you value yourself Everybody wants what they can't have. Uh, yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody wants, you know, the diamonds behind the gold case, the glass case, you know, nobody tries to steal the uh, costume jewelry that's just laying out, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you want what you can't have. You want that, what people put a value on. And, you know, it's almost like if you're that costume jewelry, yeah, okay, it's costume jewelry, but, you know, make yourself the, 24 karat ring, the, the, you know, the diamond, you know, yeah. if you look at, if you look at yourself that way, others will see you as you see yourself. Mm, I like that. So I would say that, I mean, probably you see this all the time is like, you know, desperate actors willing just to work for nothing. Does that get them? Have you seen that get anywhere in the industry? Anyone who just go out and just fucking, they're so desperate as working on jobs for a hundred dollars for 12 hours and just keep doing that over and over. Is it the people who actually value themselves and aren't desperate to get quote unquote famous and make it big? Well, there's two trains of thought, right? I mean, a, you need, you need experience. A, yeah. you have to have experience and you're building relationships. So going to set and working for somebody for a hundred dollars a day for said producer or director or whoever, you know, you would hope that when they get money and they make it their next project, they remember that you were the guy that came in and worked for a hundred dollars a day. So I can't discount that process entirely. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're a new actor, you need to get on film one way or the other. It doesn't matter. If you haven't done anything. If you haven't, you need to get on film. And, and if it's at a hundred dollars a day, screw it. I think you need to go be there. But I think someone for me, who's, you know, I've, been doing this for a while right. and kind of set myself and I've been established. I think for me to go run and chase a hundred dollars a day is, you know, it's not, it's demoralizing, it's frustrating and it's the state of the world right now, unfortunately. But 
I, I think for anybody that has a, a longer list of credits, I'd say, you know, be wary. And the more that somebody who's successful and has a name mm -hmm. decides to do $150 a day, now you've just set the standard for all actors on your level. Right? Interesting. So, you know, if you can get Tom Brady for 50 bucks, how are you going to get Drew Brees for a hundred? It doesn't work that way anymore. Right. Yeah. The top, the top of the game just lowered the bar. So, mm. you know, you, that's where proving your value and your worth it's, it's kind of, you got to do it for the rest of the players as well. But, but I think if you're a new actor, you got to get days on set and you got to get film. Yeah. Whatever that means. If that means going and doing some student films, you got to create a real one way or the other. So right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discourage a new actor from going out and doing whatever possible. Um, right. I mean, outside of, you know, total crap or, you know, X rated, super R rated showing your butt kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, have some integrity and go put down good work. Right. Yeah. I want to cruise back to some of the movies. Actually, I want to go back to when you really blew up and you landed charm. Can you talk about what it's like to go from being like, you know, maybe you did Blue Lagoon, you went on a radar, and then you do a show like Charm, which still reruns today. Oh, and what's know, it like to go from not many people knowing you to having the whole fucking world know who you are? Well, it, it, very interesting. It's uh, even before Charmed, I'll never forget. I did uh, the Stephen King Sleepwalkers. And, oh yeah, uh, we had done a uh, a whole when when Blue Lagoon was coming out. We went uh, on a. I was on Good Morning America and Kathy Lee and Regis, and did like this whole press tour, uh, and then did it again when Sleepwalkers came out, and nobody really recognized me anywhere, and. I'll never forget the morning after Sleepwalkers came out, I was walking down the street and these girls came up to me and they're like, oh my God, you're the guy from the movie last night. We saw your movie. I was like, no, uh, I was so caught off guard. I was like, no, it's not me. <laughs> they're like, no, dude, it's you. You got to look at your hair, the blonde, the whole thing. I'm like, it's you. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> like, I was like, no, not me. They're like, okay, dude. Like, they were like, you're a jerk. Like, <laughs> like, I, like, I felt so bad and I still do to this day. Like I should have, you know, I feel bad for those girls and they've probably never been a fan since, but, uh, you know, that was interesting. So that was the first real experience with it. But then yes, when charm kind of blew up in your, in everybody's house, um, it really changed. And I'll tell you, you know, just before that I was doing whatever I could do to survive acting wise and, doing a lot of other jobs and construction and you know I had a new baby in the house as I said before I was mm -hmm. willing to do whatever it took and ready to kind of give up on acting in a way and uh, so you know I went from doing construction five days a week and crawling under houses and retrofitting houses and driving a pie truck at night uh, to just surviving to you know battling our way out of debt uh, putting a savings together and, you know, taking a wife and my child and, you know, being able to eventually buy a house and kind of, you know, the next few years were, you know, in, incredible. Um, so that success was, uh, I mean, it was, 
like I have to go back. It was, it was a long plan that I had to get there. It was mm -hmm. exactly, it played out exactly how I had visualized it. Um, you know, I had said I was willing to do a soap opera. We go from there, we get on a show as a guest spot. We get from there, we, we become a recurring regular and then boom, I'm, I'm made a regular. And it, it happened exactly like that. Uh, and I had verbalized it to my agent and I had written it down. I had said it to my, my wife. I had said it to RJ and, 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 you know, by putting it out there and saying it so much and it, maybe it helped with me believing that it could happen that way, mm -hmm. but, but it happened exactly that way. Um, so I wasn't surprised that it happened. Um, but what happened after that was I ran out of goals. I had no goals. So I, I kind of became this directionless after the show ended i didn't have any goals i didn't have a new where am i going next i didn't have a a vision of the rest of the future so when i got the show ended it's like all right now what <laughs> like okay i did that but now to be goalless to be to not have a vision for the future i just kind of start stammering through days. All right, I'll take this project. I'll do that. I'll do whatever. I'm not taking care of myself. I don't wake up in the morning driven. I'm not working the mantra. And, and it slowly led to a kind of a depression of, of not having a vision for my own future where I was just letting life happen to me. And, uh, it, that, that went on for several years. Um, you know, until, you know, I kind of hit my own bottom in a way that, that I had to dig myself out of it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and revert back to what I had learned in high school uh, and in my early 20s so many years ago. And, you know, the Bob still resonates in my head, you know, those, yes. those words of wisdom. So you're on the show Charm, hit show for, you're on, what, how long you were on Charm for, what, seven plus years? Yeah, eight years. Yeah. Eight years on Charm. So... You go from being on Charm for eight years, everyone, how was that going to having, you know, I'm sure when you go out in public, people are, you know, oh, that's Brian, that's Brian, that's, you know, Leo from Charm. Like, how did that affect <coughs> maybe not having that vision because you had this great TV show? I mean, it's, it's nice to be recognized, I suppose. Um, you know, it's, it's two different things. I never got into acting to be a celebrity. Yeah. Uh, I got into acting to act and to act. All I want to do is act. Uh, I don't care if I'm on the cover of people or any of that crap. Um, you know, going out in public and being recognized, whatever. Uh, I, what it does do though, is it, it, it gives me a boost that what I did wasn't bad. You know, if somebody will come up and say, hey, man, you're that guy. Okay, obviously you didn't hate what I did. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't say anything to me. So right. uh, it is a confidence booster and it, it helps me believe in what I've done and what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, that, that people enjoy what I do. So, you know, you can use that uh, to your advantage as far as giving you confidence for sure. Um, it, it helps. And I, I see so many actors that are kind of famous and you know, that they, they hold on to that fame. And obviously we see it today with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook that everybody has this fame, this, this thing for likes, 
that gives us this self-worth. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting recognized on the street is no different than getting likes on Instagram, right? It's the same thing. We're, we're getting affirmation that is not really real based on who I am as a person. It's based on a picture. It's based on a comment. It's based on a TV show. Mm-hmm. So, so I can choose to take those likes and work them into my own self-worth, even though they're superficial and they mean really kind of nothing about who I am, right? Yeah. But, but I see people utilize those likes and those retweets and those whatevers as you know, helping people give them confidence. And, and I think it's, it's a scary spot to be. I mean, if I went out and said, oh, well, I get recognized by people on the street, so I'm important. You know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of hollow. Yeah. It really mean much, you know, at all. I've, I've met a lot of really famous people that really have their, you know, they're kind of, they don't have a, self-knowledge is self-awareness you know Mm -hmm. you if you took away those people that recognize them if you took away their likes on instagram i don't know how they feel about themselves you know perhaps not so good yeah so i I, i've tried to put no uh put nothing on that right Put put nothing on the you know the reaction. I mean, it's, it's not like doing a play where you get instant gratification and the audience claps, you know, you got to still be able to move on without the applause mm-hmm. and, you know, get back on stage. And what are you going to do? What gets you out on stage? If the audience doesn't applause, you're going to yeah. shrivel. So, and that's kind of life. And nowadays, you know, your applause is a like on Instagram, a being recognized in public. Yes, it feels good, but it's, it's, I think it's a dangerous spot to put your entire self-worth or confidence uh, yeah. based, based on the reaction of others. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, how was it to deal with, you know, press? You ever have times where you get like attacked in the media? <laughs> No, no, <laughs> no, I, I, I try. It's, it's interesting. You know, my whole career, I've kind of stayed out of the self promoting, uh, searching for that extra press or, you know, hiring a publicist to help me, you know, be more popular. Right. Um, I could kind of, you know, it's, it's hard to care less. It's like, whatever, being popular doesn't, really matter to me obviously it's important in the game but i always had this theory of if you do well and you are good uh the press will find you um you don't need to go create it so you know if if you have a good movie and it's great they're going to ask you to be on letterman you don't have to go look for it you know so uh, that's kind of where i came from and right or wrong it's what works for me yeah you, you know I've never sought out being popular and uh, perhaps that's, you know, to a fault that perhaps I should, right. Uh, create the brand, pump up the brand a little more. Uh, but it, it, it's, it just feels weird when you do it for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. what about when people, I'm sure you've experienced this, like 
criticism and ridicule towards roles you've done in your performance? Yeah, you know, it's I it's every day and you see it on Twitter, you see it on Instagram, uh, you know, and it's out there. Uh, and I've seen criticism and, uh, you know, uh, it, it goes to the same thing. You know, you can't read all the good reviews or, or you can, you know, uh, it, then it just doesn't matter. You know, as long as I can get in the room and keep working, it's mm -hmm. it's all about how I feel about myself. But, yes. you know, I know that I've been a part of some movies that are stinkers. I know that I've given some performances that were uh, less than stellar. Yeah. Uh, I know. I don't need someone else coming in going, dude, that really sucked. Like, okay, I know it did. <laughs> yes. So, so the fact that I'm aware enough to know that it wasn't great. Yeah. When I come across somebody that said, oh, that was awful. It's like, well, whatever. Good. You agree. It's like, yeah. you know, Wait, sorry. So it's yeah. so it really doesn't you know, affect you as much because you know and you're oh you're okay with that. I'm okay with it. I mean, look, not everybody's gonna love your work. Not everybody's gonna love what you do. Not everybody's gonna hate it. So it's yeah. You know, I mean, I guess the worst thing would be putting all your investment into something that you think was worthy and wonderful and great and you get told it's wonderful and worthy and great from all your friends and everybody believes it's great and wonderful. And then all of a sudden the movie comes out or the television show comes out and then the critics in the industry slam it and say you're awful and you don't look good or whatever. What would that do to you? I think that would be crushing if you're living in your own little bubble of fantasticness yeah. and then all of a sudden you get a crushing review. How does one deal with that? Yeah. So I chose to, well, what if I don't allow myself to have that up and down with it? So you kind of just humbled yourself beforehand before even, even putting that out there. Yeah. So, so no matter what someone says, it's okay. Like, because at the end of the day, it's an opinion. Yeah. It's someone's opinion. Whatever. You know what, if, if those who want to judge me want to step in my shoes and follow my path and do half of what I've done, please, by all means, do it. Yeah. I'd love to see it. And then be ready for me to come back and critique you. <laughs> you know, and which I wouldn't, but, you know, it, it's, that's the whole thing. I, I guess I find confidence today in knowing that I've been doing this for 30 years and you know, I wouldn't be doing this for 30 years if I was just the pretty boy off the street or the whatever that just got lucky, you know, lucky gets lucky for a couple of years, a couple of jobs. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, and this is something that I've had to say to myself in the last couple of years is, is, you know, I have done this for a long time. I have, a hundred credits on my name. I, I am, have been doing this for, okay, how can I get better? How can I get better? Well, you know what? So when I go in better as an actor, well, I think it's, it's living life for sure. Um, and it's, it's for me, what I've been doing a lot lately is watching other actors, uh, watching endless movies and television shows and, and studying great, great actors. And, you know, today, the Skarsgårds, uh, 
Tim Roth and Tim Starr. Uh, I mean, we can go through all the great Netflix shows uh, and watching these great actors kind of do their thing. Uh, you know, it really, I think it really helps. Uh, you know, if you're going to sit around, you want to be an actor and you watch Bucky all day, I don't know that you're helping yourself as, you know, an actor if, you're, if you don't watch all of it. And, you know, it, it can be a real time waster that you're just sitting around watching TV, but it's, it's also research. Yeah. You, you know, and, you know, what, what would I have done different in that scene? Oh, look at the, the reaction here. That was, oh, it was so organic. It was so real. And so I, it really helps me understand, oh, when I get on set, you know, I'm going to be more real and more this. So I think that's been one of the greatest things that have helped lately as far as giving me more confidence to do what I do. What separates the greats from the average in this business? You know, take someone like a Denzel or a Morgan Freeman compared to, you know, an average guy who's, you know, just going about commercials and, you know, we'll take the Sprint guy who just, <laughs> the Verizon guy, for instance. Well, I, I think it goes back to confidence. I, I think when you look at Denzel Washington, he's probably one of the most confident people in the industry. Uh, he's incredibly talented. Uh, not unlike many other actors, uh, but his confidence level and his expectation of greatness is beyond. And if, if you've studied him at all, his lifestyle, here's a guy who decided alcohol and drugs don't work for him. So he stopped because he knew he could be a better person. So he took control of that. He took control of what works for him. Well, church works for me. He's going to do that. He became a family man. He built a, a life of things that made him feel good and feel positive and feel confident. So when he walked in the room or he walked in the set, his confidence is soaring. Yeah. Soaring because he did all these things and he set himself up to be the most confident person. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you look at Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman believes in himself, but, but his success didn't happen until his mid forties. So, you know, he just kept plugging away and, until it happened. And, you know, on a role they didn't even want him for. On, you know, and so his confidence was already there, but he already knew who he was. So what separates the guy that's just plodding along and the guy that actually succeeds? And I yeah. think I, I said it earlier. It's, it's true belief and confidence in your own skin. Mm -hmm. Confidence. Confidence. Confidence wins 100% of the time. Uh, always. I mean, talent does win out at the end of the day, but if I were to audition two guys, one that was really talented and had no self-confidence or was, or was cocky, false confidence. And then I had a guy who came in and he was okay, but he really believed in himself. He looked me in the eye. He was humbled and he came in you know what? I would go with that, that, that solid confidence of somebody who knows where they're at, because I know I'm not going to get an emotional swing. I'm not going to get something funky and I'm getting a confident human being. And, you know, in any business, I think that's, that's what helps. And we see it on TV. There's a lot of really, really, really confident people that aren't super talented all over the place. And, 
you know, I know I started out that way for sure, uh, that my confidence led to success before my talent ever got me there. That's mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> so, you know, now I'm trying to double down on the, you know, let's work the talent. Right. Can you chat a little bit about tapping into certain roles? I know you've played some dark roles like Be Afraid, Cyrus, Ribbons. Like, what is your perception? Is it like, are you embodying a character? Or are you just tapping into another side of yourself, um, like your dark side, to, in order to embrace these roles? Uh, you know, I never like to say another character. Um, but for me, it's, it's so when I get a script like that, I, I read the script, I, I understand, try to understand who this character is, uh, Cyrus, per se, serial killer, um, you know, understand who he is, creating, I, I need to create his world. I need to understand what happened to him when he was a teenager, a child, and and I kind of create a whole world that leads to today. I've answered all the questions, right? So when I come to set, now I have that inside of me, right? And, and so the darkness, I mean, obviously, I don't think I could be a serial killer. But, uh, but there's parts of me that, have, you know, I've gotten dark. I've gotten depressed. And so when I answer these questions, I'm like, okay, it's, it's in here. It's in there. And. You know, I, I, you never quite know what's going to come out until you're on the set. But yeah, once I've answered all those questions, then I can let it all kind of go and, and just be in that moment. Uh, knowing where I want to hit emotionally, it's goal. Again, it's goals, but I don't make it my – I'm not thinking about my goal when I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just – I've already answered these backstory questions, if you will. So then when the moment comes or the now comes, I can react authentically mm -hmm. uh, and just be authentic. And that's, that's kind of my process, I think, um, with, with any role, dark yeah. or, or not, uh, even this FBI thing. Uh, obviously, I'm not an FBI guy, but, you know, I, under, I created an upbringing for this guy and a path for his life that kind of fits in, you know, I identify with the character inside myself so mm -hmm. i can be as authentic as possible uh, but that being said you know <clears throat> when we did cyrus for you know the month that we were there and the darkness that i kind of was living in uh yeah when i got done with that it was you know i needed a movie about puppies and balloons man i was i was i had kind of gotten to a dark place by the end of it you know just because you're just constantly thinking that way you know, of, you know, this, this just living in hate all day. And, you know, it was, it was one that I definitely had to decompress from. How do you turn that on when they say, you know, action? Uh -huh. you, just to tap into that, like, you know, if you're just like shooting a shit with someone, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, action, it's time to fucking step into this other part of me who I am and really turn that on, on a, you know, on the drop of a dime. Well, it's, it's, I don't know that it's that quick, right? Uh, I've got the script. I've done my research. We know we're filming. Mm -hmm. I, it's, I'm filming tomorrow, Friday. So I have all day today to kind of know where I need to get to tomorrow. Now, I can't live in that today. I can't, 
even pretend I know how to get there. I just, I know where I kind of want to be emotionally and I've done all the research. So when it does come time to action, it's like, all right, I've, I've already done this. I know where we're going. It's, it's, I wind up pacing a lot and, you know, to create this energy and just really kind of, it's a lot of it's visualizing. Um, but again, that kind of goes against the, you know, just step in and talk and react because, you know, I guess, I guess that's just kind of it is just being, you Mm -hmm. just, just, just are and being, if I'm comfortable in my own skin, it's going to be very hard to be comfortable pretending to be somebody else. So, um, again, it's confidence. And, and once I know like getting all the lines out of the way is the most important, you got to free yourself up completely. Uh, and then just believing in this moment, believing this whole thing. And really it's all about emotions. So, uh, connecting with the other actor and I don't know, I don't, I don't know how you just turn it on. Um, yeah. because if you do, it's going to be pushed and forced and whatever. And you know, what I've seen with some of these, like I said, these great actors on these shows is that they're not turning anything on. It says action and they're not changing nothing. They kind of let it develop. Uh, you know, they don't push anything at you. Um, Reading a quote from De Niro, and he was kind of asked the same thing. Like, how do you, you know, you get these intense roles, these scenes, you know, how do you do it? And he goes, well, I know where I want to get weeks beforehand. He goes, but you can't live in that for two weeks knowing you have this crying scene in two weeks. Like, that's emotionally impossible, right? So you have to have done the homework, know where you want to get to. And then when it comes time, you know, you're 10 minutes beforehand, you're, you know, you're pumping yourself up to, you know, you're, you know where you want to get, but you've right. done the homework. So then when the moment comes now, you just, yes, you've, you've done the research, you've done the homework, you know where you want to get, you're not going to put anything else on it. And then you let it, you let it grow. You let it happen. And that was hearing his process kind of, kind of, you know, how I go about it as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Do, do the homework. Do the homework. It's important to do the homework. You're here do for the homework. Ryan. Uh, another question for you I have is what advice do you have for people, uh, regardless, maybe they're in the film or TV industry who want to be actors or they're just wanting to be entrepreneurs and start their own business. As a guy who's been in the film industry for 30 plus years, you're kind of like your own business. I am my own business. It's yeah. definitely, I'm an entrepreneur 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, my brand is the Brian Krause brand, yeah. uh, whether I play a serial killer or, you know, a sweet young angel, uh, my brand is my brand. And it's when I walk into a room, uh, of potential investors, uh, I sell them, uh, on the performance of my goods. Uh, and I also sell them on what it would be like to do business with me. So it's, it's, it's no different than going in there with a product. I just Mm -hmm. happen to be the product. Um, so like I said before, the, number one thing that I have, the greatest tool is my confidence to be able to walk into the room and talk to people and look them in the eye. But also I know my product. Um, I know what I'm selling. I, and 
I'm showing them the best of my product um, and having confidence. And, and I think, you know, that mantra I created, that vision, knowing where you want to go, that, you know, if you're selling a product, not everybody's going to buy your products. So, you know, knowing, you, you got to know you, you're not going to book every job. You're yeah. not going to make every sell. It doesn't matter. You, there's billions of people on this planet to sell to. Uh, so, you know, knowing that failure is a part of success um, is, I mean, it's everything. I mean, look at Tesla. Look at, I mean, look at all the, the greatest salespeople of the world. You know, they, they failed a million times uh, to find one success. Um, you know, knowing that that's a part of it. And I, I think that's the most discouraging thing for most actors, uh, most people starting a business. Uh, you know, I've seen people open restaurants and they're not getting the sales they want in six months. So instead of tweaking the menu or doing anything that could help promote, they fold, they shut the doors and they never do it again. Uh, and that's, is that confidence? Is it, you know, a lack of vision? Is it relinquishing to the powers that say, oh, well, it's not meant to be. Again, not meant to be is somebody that didn't try very hard or really right. believe it. So, you know, if you're a new actor, I mean, it's really, you got to train, you got to educate, you got to find a confidence in yourself. And it's, it's all about believing. Um, it's all about believing. There, there's, I don't think there's really much else. If you, if you train and you do the work, it's all about believing. I, I, you know, the Olympics are going on now. What separates a gold medal winner from number 50th, right? Okay, skill. Really? But at that level, is it skill that really separates? If they could all do the same tricks, if they could all run just as fast, what separates the guy that performs on the day when it counts right. compared to the guy that comes in 10th or 12th or 50th? What's the difference? And to me, yeah, maybe a little bit of luck or whatever, but I think it ultimately it's in preparation and being ready for that big moment and confidence. Who's the most confident snowboarder in the world? Right? Well, he won gold a lot, but he believes he's the best. He yeah. knows he's the best. He knows he's the best. And so when he goes out and he lays it down, he, he does it with confidence. So when that big moment comes up, it's, it's just another run for them. It's just another performance. And, and I think you see that with downhill skiers or skaters or curlers or whoever. It's, you know, preparing yourself for that moment, for that big moment. There's only one way to do it. You've got to practice being in that big moment and know that when it comes, you're going to deal with it with confidence, not insecurity of like, well, I hope I succeed. <laughs> like, you know, hope didn't win anything. <laughs> and that's just the truth. Yeah. Hope, hope doesn't win. Hard work, perseverance, and confidence wins. I love that. Nine, 99% of the time. This is definitely one of the most inspiring conversations I've had in quite a while. So this is fucking awesome. Uh, Thank you for sharing. Awesome. Thanks. Of course. Um, all right. I got one last question for you. Since you kind of mentioned this, where what is your end in mind with your career? What would you love to see for this next part of your life? And what would you like to take your career in the film and TV business? Well, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Next part. I, I see no end. I mean, I'd love 
the goal as a child was to act until yeah i you know till i die uh yeah. if that's tomorrow if that's you know 95 i hope to always be a part of filmmaking i mm -hmm. love it i love the process uh it's just so much darn fun <laughs> um you know, I'm kind of in that spot again where I've, I've, you know, created a new vision board. I've, I've written down a bunch of new goals. Um, I have a vision on where I'd like to go uh, without sharing it all. Uh, yeah. You know, some of the things I've written down are, you know, financial. Some of them are emotional with family. Um, some of them are, you know, physical where I need to be. Uh, and then others are steps in career, things I want to hit, knock off, goals I want to accomplish. Uh, you know, being a, I want to be a regular on a TV show again. I want to work with some, you know, really talented uh, actors on other movies. Uh, I want to direct. I want to produce my own stuff. So there's a lot of different goals that I see. So in the next 10, 20 years, yeah, another run on a show, uh, some big movies, uh, you know, producing and directing my own. So I'd say in 10 years that uh, me and my friend, a couple business partners, we've produced, you know, half a dozen movies uh, that are successful, uh, you know, that gets its own acclaim to where we can now make our own movies going forward for the next 20 years. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a big goal. Uh, and every day I wake up and I'm like, all right, what am I doing to further this for happening? Because nobody's coming to my door and asking me for scripts. Oh, Hey, we'll make that for you. Like that doesn't happen. I have to get out. I have to write the damn thing. I got to push it out there. I got to go find money. I got to cut a teaser. I got to go talk to as many people as possible and I got to go push it. I got to go raise the money. I have to go do it. Nobody's going to help me accomplish my dreams ever, ever. Oh, I love that. I, love I, that. I, I have to go get it. So every day I wake up with a list of, you know, affirmations and things I got to do. It's get up, go to the gym, brush your teeth, get the, I mean, just the simplest things you would think you can make a part of a daily routine. I, you know, I have to write them down for me. Otherwise, you know, I fall into that. They say a short pencil's better than a, a memory, a long memory. It is. And you know, it's, it's interesting. My, my 21 year old son just moved in with me and I was having a good conversation with him and a friend and we were talking about goal setting and you know, where he's at now he's 21, you know, out of college, not sure what he wants to do. And, my friend and I were telling him, like, write it down, Jamie. You need to write down exactly what you want. Like, write down your goals. I don't care if it's have $1,000 in your bank or, you know, meet this person or do whatever it is, but write it down. Just the act of writing it down is so empowering. And, you know, it, it's been a few weeks. And then literally last night, he pulls out this big sheet, this, this three foot by three foot piece of paper he's been writing on. And he looks up at me and goes, you know, you and Dale were right. Writing it down really is empowering. He goes, I've, I've already accomplished a couple of these goals. He goes, this is fantastic. Like the realization from a 21-year-old to say writing down his goals is empowering and is helping him. How do we ever go away from it? Because it's, yeah. it, it, it is it. it the, the memories... We change our memory daily because of what, oh, ice cream. It's like, <laughs> like oh, yeah. 
you know, we're, we're so easily persuaded <laughs> for instant gratification yeah. that if, if you don't have that list, if you don't have that, you know, this is how I'm going to get there. You know, it's easy to fall off it. So, yeah. man, well, dude, I totally fucking appreciate your time today. And I would, I'm just going to end the podcast here because I think we covered something awesome and we ended something with magnificent. So oh, thank thanks. you for your time today. Where can oh, we welcome. find Brian Krause right now? What's, what is in the immediate where people could go find you show coming up movie? <laughs> well, always on IMDB, uh, Brian Krause, or, you know, I'm on, I'm on Twitter sparingly the Brian Krause, uh, and Instagram, probably on there more Brian Krause 21. Um, I do have a fan page on Facebook, but honestly, I'm the worst. <laughs> I, I don't run it. I'm not on there. I'm hardly on Facebook. I, I'm kind of this anti-social media guy, uh, which, you know, is in my goals to do it more. But, uh, you know, it's it's a struggle. But but I think if uh, I, you know, I, I interact with, with the fans here and there on on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. Uh, but no guarantees. 